Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high-quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks. Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier will grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Forest Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforcenetwork, our Twitter, at tforcenetwork, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c slash trinityforcepodcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tforcepodcast, where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing, and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7.15pm Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, Community Game Night, for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pone Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. Boys are second to none Now that's the end of the intro It's time we've begun Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 792 of the Trinity Force Podcast. I am your host, uh, N.A. Eric, and we are back. We are back. We have not recorded since last year, so it's nice to see all you. Uh, I haven't seen you all this year. 
I had so much fun making those jokes to people. I was the the biggest dad joke abuser for the last like week and a half, and everyone that I was around hated it. But I enjoyed it even more because of their misery from it. But um, alas, so well, tonight we will be talking about our. Uh, first, a look at retrospective holiday wish list that uh, that we had last year and seeing what came true, what didn't come true. And then these three gentlemen will all present a couple of different things, the top two things I asked them for on their holiday wish list or New Year's things that they want to see in the game happen. And we'll you know, talk about what we all think about them, whether or not it'll happen, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. But uh, before we get into the business, let's uh, let's get personal. How's everyone doing? Bomo, a few seconds ago, you said you fell on your... You didn't, he didn't fall on his face a couple seconds ago. He told us a couple seconds ago that he fell on his face. And for those who can't see, it's a little red, to say the least. But, dude, what happened, man? Uh, you know, I just fell. Um, and then instead of bracing myself, my face broke my fall. So... That's kind of what happened. Yeah, it hurts a little bit. Where were you? What were you doing? Was it just like in the kitchen just or what happened, man? And so, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> just a nice little uh, face full of dirt and grass. Yeah. Okay. What worse places to fall yeah, on your right. face? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, out in the lawn is one of the best places to fall, one of the softest, yeah. for sure. Although, when I, despite the fact that grass is soft to fall on, I've learned don't put water balloons on grass because grass is secretly spiky and will pop them. I tried to throw water balloons at my school bus when I was in middle school and set them all on the grass, and then boom, they just pop them instantly. So don't do that. That was, that was like a thing we did in our area on like the last day of school. Uh, we would all water balloon the, the bus. Uh, so like the middle school kids would do it to the elementary schoolers and the uh, the high schoolers, if they decided to participate, would do it to the middle schoolers. And then the parents would do it to the kids mostly, not the high schoolers. But yeah. Um, yep. Did you use biodegradable water balloons? Nah, this was the uh, this was the early 2010s and late 2000s in the suburbs of Atlanta. No, they stopped taking a lot of recyclables down there. They want everything in the trash. No, not at all. Biodegradable yeah. water. Is that even a thing? Yeah. Do they do that? Yeah, so you don't have to pick them up anymore because you're supposed to be responsible. That is such a bitch picking mm-hmm. them up. That is such yeah. a bitch picking them up. Sorry, my phone went off there. Yeah, back in my day, we didn't have them biodegradable ones. <laughs> <laughs> back in your day meaning back in all of the rest of our days yeah, since that, we're all roughly the same age exactly <laughs> that's what i meant yeah cool okay well periodically throughout the episode i'll be muting my microphone to cough i've been getting over a just like a throat sore throat thing with a scratchy throat um and that was one of them right there I, feel fine other than that but just had a scratchy throat so i've got some hot tea right here i got water and i'll try not to monologue too hard this episode as well but uh do you like uh yeah the okay. honey in the tea what were you saying john do you ever do the uh do honey in your tea what uh you broke up uh, you broke up when you were saying that what was that do you ever put a uh, honey in your tea Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I put honey in all the time. I actually forgot it at work, so I don't have it now. But yeah, been 
drinking lots of like three gla- three cups or so during the workday and putting honey in there. Delicious. I'm a big fan of so, honey and lemon. Yeah. That's the way to do it. But it's Might as well just helpful. throw you a shot of whiskey in there and finish it off. Nice hot toddy. Hey, man, that's the golden cure right there. I love Irish coffees. I've never had one. What what exact I mean I know it's coffee, but what else is in the coffee? Uh, it's usually I make it with tea, so you go like hot tea, teaspoon or tablespoon of honey depending on like how sweet your whiskey is. And then a sh- little bit of lemon and then a shot of whiskey. And that and just an Irish cream. Mm, you can add the Irish cream. I don't prefer I don't preference Irish cream, but you can add it. But it's a uh, it's like a like a wife's remedy, old, old lady remedy, whatever you want to call those things. Mm-hmm. They work though. Basically, make your make your throat numb so that you're not feeling the cough anymore. That yeah. sort of idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that sounds just like uh, what my dad told me to do when uh, a few years ago I was in uh, I was in Spain and Portugal with my friend. We were just on vacation after college, um, after a semester, after the year ended, and. Uh, I got an an infection or like an abscess or something up in like the back where there's a recess from my um, from my wisdom teeth, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to a dentist while I'm here. I'll wait till I get back. And it, it was kind of hurting. It was only the last couple of days or so. But my dad said, just you know, for a couple of days, every few hours or so, when you're walking around, just stop in a bar and get a shot of vodka and hold it up in there for like 30 seconds or so, and totally worked like i it just went numb for a couple hours it was great i i'd never thought about doing that and then on the bonus side i get to i was kind of buzzed for the last couple days almost constantly it was beautiful yep yep i had to do vodka otherwise i'm not gonna do something i wasn't gonna do something weak but uh and i i I guess i could have done tequila or something but i didn't want to put anything with sugar up there i just wanted you know straight put the you know made out of wheat or potatoes or beets or whatever straight up there but yeah yeah i don't have uh, okay i don't have the irish coffee often but like when i have it it's like a like a brunch or something it's like a every once in a while kind of thing but the one i've had is like beach like hot coffee uh like irish whiskey cream if you want and then like sometimes people put like brown sugar in there and whatnot to sweeten it if they want it, but uh, yeah, it's pretty good if you haven't had it before. Is there an alternative that's non-coffee? Because I don't like coffee. Hmm. Yeah, you could do tea. Like yeah, you just saying. use tea. Okay, that sounds cool. I'll try that then. Uh, I'll you, that'll be my excuse for having some. I guess I don't really need an excuse. I'm an adult, so I'll have some alcohol after this and pour <laughs> it in with some tea. That'll be good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, cool. So, Boma, besides slamming your face, how have you been <laughs> elsewise? Uh, elsewise. Pretty good. Um, not much going on. Went back to work. So working now again, unfortunately. But holidays and New Year was pretty good. Um, saw family. Um, hung out with some friends. Yeah, played some League of Legends for the preseason and getting ready for the new season to start. 
damn straight. I like it. So here's a question I'm going to pose to all three of you. But so since we're talking about you and your holidays and stuff, Bomo, what was the best Christmas gift or holiday gift of whatever sort um, that you gave? Not that you received, that you gave. Uh, I got my fiance like a new like backpack and I think she really likes it. So I think that was probably the, the best gift I gave. Um, and then I think I think I might might have had a, a better gift to give. So I I got tickets to the 49ers game for my family, but uh, my flight got canceled, so I couldn't make the game. So that that's hap- that happened. But <clears throat> my parents and sister got to go, so I guess those are the two gifts that I, I think I really enjoyed giving the most. Nice. Very wholesome answer. I like it. Okay. John, we'll go with you next. How you doing, man? How were your holidays? It was good. It was really good. Very chill. Relaxing. Um, played a decent bit of league. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just nice to just chill. Family and everything. Saw some people. Um, saw some friends I haven't seen in a while. So, that was good. Um, and then, as far as, like... Um, residency stuff i've like heard back on all that and i'm like all set for that now um okay that's awesome because i know that you were i know you were kind of up in the air and it was you i'm sure you were stressed out somewhat because when your future's up in the air it's kind of stressing but now that everything's settling that's good to hear do you mind sharing what the what your decision or what your potential decisions are uh also yeah i already accepted one and it's uh just like it's a one-year position um but it had like everything that uh, it was like one of my top ones, so I'm really happy about that because it had everything that I wanted in terms of like uh, like specialty stuff in the program that they focus on, and also like a good mixture of uh, stuff. And then they had uh, they have like a volunteer uh, component to it, which I liked, and then um, also like the just strictly from financial standpoint it was the best paying one too so that's always nice nice glad to hear it man i'm happy for you so yeah i'm definitely happy to have that uh that was definitely like you said a pretty stressful time so happy to have that behind me but uh but yeah so i'm just excited for that now are you gonna have to move or is that are you able to stay where you're living yeah i'll have to move but the nice thing is like they uh basically they have like a flat reimbursement as far as like moving me there so that's nice that i don't have to worry about that at least like financially yeah i'm gonna probably be doing that in the next six months to a year or so moving out west somewhere and yeah moving's expensive yeah it is and then it's also just a ton of work as well um it's not fun to move but uh but yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it and plus i'm i'm thinking to be there for a year or two so it's not like i'm gonna be there forever but i get to enjoy a different area for for a year and then i'll probably move back to where i am now so but yeah i'm looking forward to it and that that starts like later this year so very cool very cool so what was your best gift that you gave uh i would say i gave let's see giving my dad a drone that's a pretty cool gift like uh, it's like, like a one of those drone, drones yeah. that kids fly around and stuff like that. Well, it, okay. it can go like I think like to almost like a mile away. I mean, it can go like pretty fast as well. But it has a pretty nice camera on it, which uh, my dad's into like flying around like 
like he likes drones and mainly just like cameras photography stuff so you can take some cool pictures with it um but yeah very cool hopefully uh hopefully where he lives allows drones because i know that there are some cities that oh yeah they're banned oh yeah we're uh yeah also like we kind of live in the middle of nowhere so he can just like fly that thing around no problem gotcha I would think that could he, if he's a hunter, maybe since he's in the middle of nowhere, maybe he could use that for like hunting season then to track, oh, there's some deer over here. Okay, cool. Or whatever you're going to hunt, quail or ground fowl and other rodents or I don't know the categories of hunting. So, But the other, he also, it has like maybe. a GPS, like, you know, integrated into it too, which he loves like just messing around with that stuff, like looking at the, the lay of the land basically. Nice. Does it have a camera so you can see, like, oh, this, because you said it goes a mile away or so, so he can look down at a screen to know where he's flying, or does it have to be all within eyesight? So if it's no longer in eyesight, he's doing it off of just feel. Uh, so you can do both. So, like, it has a thing where you just attach your iPhone to it, and it's like a controller. And then you can, it has a camera on the, um, the drone, too, that you can kind of use to um, orient yourself. And then also it has, like, a GPS thing. Like in the bottom right corner of the, um, like, the controller, so you can see like where you are, like, uh, like on a map as well. Very cool. Have any of you guys ever flown drones? I've never flown one myself. Yeah, I have before. Um, one of my buddies got one. I'm thinking college, so I'd I'd flown one a little bit, but uh, but not the newer ones. The newer ones are are wild. They're so small. They can go really fast as well. I think the one that I got goes like 35 miles per hour. Gotcha. Fenrir, you ever flown one? You were in the military. Were you, did you fly them in the military? Yeah, <laughs> actually, when we were in the Army, we had them. Really? Yeah, we used uh, the ones that we had to like uh, scout shred, bleh, sh heavily dense shrubbed areas or like forests because we did like uh, clearing and grubbing with heavy equipment. Is just kind of get a little like oh. layout of the land without having to get up in there. Very cool. Very cool. Bomo, you ever operated a drone? I have not. I have not. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. So, uh, sweet, great recap. I'm happy you got everything figured out uh, with your residency and stuff, John. Fenrir, how you doing, man? How were your holidays, buddy? Good. Just uh, went and seen the in-laws and ate a bunch of food. And then uh, nice, for nice. about the um, past week, I've been sick. So Okay. Are you feeling, how are you feeling now? Or how bad did it get? Was it, I was uh, what sort of symptoms? Did I mean, you I had? hit like 104 fever at one point And then. Uh, Holy shit. No, I just had like constant sinus drainage. and So we're on the uptick, but it's taken forever. Okay. I feel that. I've had the same throat thing getting slightly better every day for like a week. So I, I feel you. I mean, I never got that bad at all. I've never had a fever. It's basically just been throat. But yeah, and it also didn't help that I was at a bar that was very loud on Friday and Saturday night and trying to talk was did not do wonders for my, my throat as well. My vocal cords did not appreciate it. I can say that for sure. But I, uh, I got free cough drops i went through my girlfriend's parents entire stash of cough drops 
but I ran through them too fast. Now I need. I just got some more today. What uh, what flavored cough drop is your go-to? I like lemon. I'm a okay. lemon person. I really like the lemon honey Ricola. Uh, I I'll settle for Halls because it's in a gas station. Ricola usually isn't. So then fine, whatever. I'll get it. But they had some cherry. Um, I don't even remember the brand, but they had some cherry ones. Not they they were okay. I mean, you know, it's free cough drops. I'll take it. But uh, I don't know. I've never seen any other flavors other than those two. Yeah, honestly. that's all I know. I I I'll take either. I I kind of like the cherry. The cherry feels too much like a candy to me. Like I, I yeah. the lemon one, it, it it numbs my throat more. It gives, it opens up my sinuses a little bit, and it. I like the. I just get. I also like the taste of lemon over cherry personally too. So. Cool. Okay, Fenrir, what was the uh, the best gift that you gave? Uh, I got my wife the MetaQuest two. So retroactively, I got myself the MetaQuest two. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice cool cool well uh i'll round it out and then we can get into some other stuff so yeah my holidays were good i was uh with some family and then um i wrapped my parents bedroom after they left because i so my parents went to my parents my brother and my sister went to eastern europe for uh, for Christmas Day and for another week or so afterwards. And I stayed around after they left so I could spend Christmas with my grandma so she wasn't alone because she lives in an assisted living facility. So I stayed there and then headed back on the 26th. Um, and while they were gone, I wrapped their bedroom in wrapping paper. And I'll upload some pictures to the Discord. I completely wrapped their room. But it was it was great. And they came back after a long day of traveling, you know, three layovers and such and got back and boom, their entire bedroom is wrapped in wrapping paper. It it only took 13 rolls of wrapping paper and several uh, several things of tape. It was it was an endeavor, but it was it was fun. The only things I didn't wrap were. Uh, the TV, because I had the TV playing while I was rapping, and then a couple other things like their thermostat and uh, the the door I needed to get out of the room, too. Didn't wrap that, because how else was I supposed to get out? But I didn't know... My first instinct was not also to do the walls by you know doing it at the top and letting it drop like someone with common sense would do. My first instinct was I was really dreading the the walls because I thought I'd have to go sideways and hold it up and tape it and because I don't have any common sense at all. And then my friend told me, "Why are you being such an idiot? Just drop, tape the top of it and drop it on the floor and then tape it off the bottom." I was like, "Damn, Griffin, you're smart. I did not think of that at all." And then I told my girlfriend about that. She was like, yeah, that's exactly how I would do it, too. You're an idiot. I was like, yeah, I, I definitely am an idiot. I don't have common sense at all. But yeah, outside of that, I, I didn't play much League while I was there because I had a laptop that it doesn't run very well on. So I was just playing some EU4 a little bit on slower speeds and then TV and movies and such like that. But <clears throat> since I've been back, I played a bunch of games. I started playing Stray, the cat game. That's really cool. I'm halfway through it. Uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's a short game, but it's really, really, really cool. Definitely would recommend it. It was on sale. So, yeah. And I played some Borderlands 2 with my brother. And I remember chatting with you about that, Fenrir, since you said that's your favorite game. Um, outside of League, I thought League had to be... League is supposed to be your, your number one game. That's a requirement of being on the Eternity Force podcast. But um, what makes Borderlands 2 your favorite game? 
Well, I have played it on every game system that it's ever been released on and purchased it on every game system it's ever been released on. All the way back to PS3, Xbox 360. Uh, I've put probably an unhealthy amount of time into the game. I don't know. I just love the mindless violence running around, shooting, eluding. And the like replayability is really fun, especially with like the OP levels that you get into. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Tiny Tina? C- <laughs> that's true. And the scenery, too, is great, because that was one of my big complaints of Borderlands 1, is that it was all arid and deserty, and it, it felt, you know, I'm running around in the same places. But with Borderlands 2, you're getting a whole loads of different scenery, too. Yeah. Looks a lot better. Gameplay is near perfect. I mean, it's just really a, a perfect game, in a sense. It really is. Yeah. It really is. It's much better than Border. I mean, it's better than Borderlands 1. It's much better than the pre-sequel, which I'm slowly playing through on my Xbox. That's okay at best. Um, I just bought Borderlands 3 because it was like $6 on Steam. I haven't played that at all. Is that one good? Have you played that? I don't really like it. And what? They have, they have Borderlands 4 as well. And I mean, it's okay, but... I don't know I've played Borderlands two so much that I don't really like any of the other ones. So what are the newer ones missing that Borderlands two did so well? I don't know. There's just something about uh, there's definitely a nostalgia factor to Borderlands two because it's a game I played when I was younger and sunk a lot of time into. And it's maybe it's a little bit of like stubbornness on my part, just not because I know Borderlands two like the back of my hand. I can play the game with my eyes closed. So when it comes to like gotcha. relearning a game. Maybe that has something to do with why I don't like the new ones. But I also just don't like the play style of the new ones. Like how the game it's functions. It's a bit more all, all over. All, yeah, it's a bit more all over the place. And I haven't found the side quests to be as fun either. My favorite, I remember in... Uh, just one quick thing about Borderlands 2 and then we'll move on to actual League stuff. I remember the... Um, I'm, my brother and I were playing through it on co-op. So we're doing all that. Um, and... The the do you remember the quest where you have to go right where you first meet uh the siren not the non playable siren uh, I think Maya Lilith. is her name Lilith there we go thank you um yeah where you first meet her and then in that area but then you can pick up a side quest from a non hostile um psycho. And he wants you to, you know, go and get the firebrand signs and such. And then the end of it is to set him on fire and and kill him so he can be reunited with worshiping yeah. Lilith. I thought it was hilarious. <sighs> yeah, my favorite's uh, Shooty McShooty face. He just wants you to shoot him in the face. He's got these big signs pointing at his face. All he wants to do is just <laughs> to shoot him. That's awesome. And you complete the quest That's by awesome. shooting him in the face. That's it. That's just... I don't know. The game has a little bit too much, like satire, and it. it's just funny. Uh, it's just a perfect game, in my point. So, yeah, it's it's really sweet. There's a quest kind of like that, uh, the shooty McShooty face in the pre sequel. There's one where you're. Uh, I don't remember her name, but it's the replacement for Doctor Zed. It's uh, I don't I don't remember her name, but she's trying to find it oh bertha or something she's the russian lady she's trying to find a boyfriend and so you go to like three different people 
Uh, you bring a present, and depending on how they react, she's listening in comms. It's like, oh, I don't like this person. Kill them. And so then you kill the person. And it's like each of them like, oh, I've always loved her. She's great. No, too nice. Kill him. I want a man who can like dominate me or something. <laughs> and then the last one also like, oh, he reacted perfectly. Okay, go ahead. Kill him anyways. And then you like kill like three quarters and she's like ah never mind he's sustained enough bullets i'll let him come over and join the the town it's sweet but yeah okay anyways let's talk about league because that's what uh that's what this podcast is about and that's what we're all about folks so um last year's christmas wish list so there's a bunch of things that back then that was Chaz and sean and myself went through and i will uh run through these pretty quickly because some of these got done some of them did not so expansion of jungle champions that is definitely done with the easier jungle that has been implemented this season a lot more champions can jungle again um so that has been increased improvement to tank items definitely done we're in a very strong tank meta right now in bruiser meta and such this is back before the durability update tanks did not have very much of a place or if they did only a few of them did such as orn but now it works a lot more so yeah class exclusive items not really done most items can be used i think i don't know if there's any exclusive items other than support and jungle that can be uh only bought by melee or ranged or other roles and such so that one has not been done add voice comms we had a whole discussion for like 20 minutes in the last episode when i was re-listening to it that has not been done either there's been improved other ways of uh communication but no voice comms then um, I wanted a champion with a temporary map destruction, uh, but that has not been added. I also wanted a champion with gold donation or sharing ability within your team. That one has not been added. Map skins, not been added. Um, remove Yumi, not been done. Remove the old Chemtech Drake. That has been done and replaced by a new Chemtech Drake, so that one was accomplished. Uh Two, the last two were lower the overall damage in the game. So as an example, assassins should have to land their whole combo to one-shot someone versus two abilities. That was done with the durability update. And that was almost exactly Riot's words when they did it. So kudos to you, Chaz, for nailing that. I took your words verbatim. Um, and then the last one was increased bot lane XP relative to the rest of the map. I'm not 100% sure if that's landed there, but it's come a little... There's They've made adjustments to that. So we're... I'd say yes and no, kind of 50-50 on that somewhat, but not a whole lot of that's been done. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was last year's. And then before we get into this year's, we also asked all of you to provide some of your thoughts. So um, Jiggly Duff said put his teammates in a timeout. That would be funny. I would have done that with some people that I played with recently. Um, it says everyone in the game should be able to vote for a single player to take a timeout. Then they have to sit in base for three minutes and then think about what they've done and write an apology in all chat before they're let back in. <laughs> um, Bomo wanted to change the LCS start time from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, that didn't happen, but they did change the LCS starting times and stuff. Do you want to... Does this? Or is it acceptable with those changes, Bomo? No, or no? So this was... In regards to the changes, I I think oh okay, so incompetent with uh, who's watching the LCS at noon Pacific Standard Time, three o'clock Eastern Europe. Europe, but is Europe really that interested in NA LCS? Are they really caring more towards yes. the Europeans no. than the people in America? So, so there's actually two reasons. This is a little side tangent. There's two reasons why they're changing it to the time they are. One. 
Europe broadcasting is much higher in that times, and they think that European viewers watch more LCS than Native American viewers. Could or could not be true. We don't have access to that data. The data we do have access to is that the peak times of Twitch or YouTube streaming is during this time slot. So they, now, they whether that's, now, whether that's... Yeah, it's arguable, right, whether it's the proper move or not. But strict statistical data says that the most amount of people watching are during this time slot. Now, that's up to you to decide whether that's the right call or not. I don't think it is, but that's why they did it. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I also don't think so, but I guess we'll all reserve extreme judgment to see how it actually plays out. Although it sounds like it's really bad. There's also a third reason yeah. that Travis Gafford got in trouble for leaking. And it's that Valorant is what getting is the important time slots. Yep. Right. What uh what was his punishment for leaking that? What did they do? They basically came out with a statement saying that he's not going to get information like he used to. So. Well, I understand like they want to promote Valorant, but don't just like dumpster LCS. Like, I'm sure the the 5 p.m. Eastern, like two Pacific or like six Eastern, three Pacific, has like untapped in terms of the market share. Um, for for Twitch viewers, I know for me personally, I'd probably put it on towards the end of work or like when I'm home, just like hanging out. I feel like that's like the prime time to do it. Like weekends, but how I old have are other you? Stuff. Yeah, like weekends I have stuff to do, so that's, I don't really watch it over the weekend. But weeknights, Wednesday through Friday, yeah, sign me up. I'll I'll sit there and watch all of LCS if it's in the right time slot. But if it starts at noon my time, then it's maybe I'll watch it at lunch while I'm eating and then that's it and then I probably won't even watch the VODs because I can't really stand a lot of the LCS stuff anymore but if it was just on at least I would watch it at the decent time but yeah I don't know I feel like it's a I just don't think we're their viewership anymore I feel like they're trying to push it to this noon time slot where kids are watching to hopefully get the attention of new viewers it's really saying, like, we appreciate what you guys have done for 10 years watching us, but we need to try and move into another direction. If I was sitting in, like, Riot's war room, I think that would be their, like, big writing on the wall on the front. How do we get younger viewers? And but I would assume that this is the school? answer they came up with. Yes and no. A lot of schools, I mean, a lot of schools around here release early, several days a week. They don't go to school on Monday. So, I mean, and some don't go to school, like, on Friday. And they're usually out, like, here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, I don't know what... That probably puts it almost right at start time on the West Coast. Then I would think, like... I don't know. It just seems like it's... I Because per, I personally don't like it, because all of the broadcast is based off the, the West Coast. So, it's not like they're even on the East Coast, like, hosting these and, like, having to worry about, like, the players' times and whatnot. It just seems really weird that it's, like, in the middle of the day in your home country or, like, your home, like, state that you're broadcasting in. And who's – no one's going to go watch it in person now. Yeah. I, I don't I think they care about the studio thought. anymore either. Hmm. 
I have an alternative thought. Um, I was looking at time zones, and given that you know ninety not like ninety percent of all league players are in China, uh, maybe this makes more sense for Chinese viewership. But so twelve Pacific is four a.m. in in China the next day, and five a.m. in South Korea. So then you know a couple hours into the broadcast, these people are waking up, and then maybe they'll turn it on in the morning and have it on during some of their jobs as well. So that that could be the case if they're trying to hit like Chinese and Korean youth and uh, and younger professionals as well to get them interested in it some, but I don't know why they would because the league quality is so much lower. Or could LCS even pro- broadcast to Tencent? I guarantee that league, LCS would be able to broadcast in just with... Uh, because, I mean, league is mostly... It's majority owned by a Chinese company, so I'm yeah, sure Tencent, that they would be able but, to get broadcasting rights. But Tencent rights. has yeah. the broadcasting rights in China. Would they want LCS slash allow? I don't know, because you know how like the viewership works in China. It's a completely different number compared to what we see on Twitch and YouTube. You know? So, yeah. like They don't use Twitch and YouTube to broadcast stuff. It's a completely different broadcast service. So I wonder if LCS Fair. even has access to that broadcasting service. Yeah, it might be relayed at a later time or at a different yeah. time slot or might, might not be at all. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, um, I definitely agree. Anyways, Shit times uh, for working class people that like to watch the games. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Crush said, Towers shoot more than one champion at a time, preventing four-man bot lane dives. Finally. Um we could maybe talk about this a bit more later because I wouldn't be surprised if there was some talk about turrets coming up here. But uh, I remember Zill and I yesterday in the last couple of days, we've been playing league and been talking about turrets, not in this, but that would be interesting to see. Um, Crump and pump said, I would like to see an entirely new rune tree as well as a different monster to replace Baron as a Baron as Baron is still OG from the original, uh, or maybe a different type of monster with new buffs to put on rotation like Drake's. Time for a change after all these years. Okay, interesting thoughts. And uh, Star Guardian Content Goblin said a full-length novel of the Star Guardian universe. <laughs> That'd be cool to see. I would, I'd watch a Star Guardian, uh, maybe if they had like, you know, shorts they put out, or I don't know if I'd read it because I don't really read books, but um, that'd be interesting. So... Okay, um, now for the moment that everyone's been waiting for, let's talk about what all you guys brought, because I didn't bring anything. Um, I was doing other prep and such like that, and then mending my voice to make sure that I'd be ready. But uh, you guys all brought stuff, so I'm going to randomly select who's going first, and I randomly select Fenrir. So, sir, give us your first uh, New Year wish list. Okay, I actually texted myself because I was thinking about it earlier. So my first one is, uh, <coughs> so since the ranked season is like splitting into two splits, uh, I want to see changes in ranked LP gains because to me, like losses come more often than wins statistically and wins should be rewarded more, especially with a shortened season. So I want to see... Okay. More LP gained on wins and less LP gained on or less LP lost on losses. That's a mouthful. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Bomo, why don't you give your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess for me that one's a 
at what point do you do that? Because right now, that's implemented, right? For the first, like, several games you have, it's usually skewed mm-hmm. to have higher LP and lower losses. And then it starts evening out once you're kind of, like... Like once you kind of like reach your 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 peak rank, right? And then from there, it's trying to improve. Is it just like the entire time, or like the first like twenty five, fifty games? Because I think that would cause issues um, for a lot of the other high elo players if they're getting a lot more LP. Um, for wins. obviously, it would have to be tuned the higher you go, right? I'm more like talking for the 90% of players that are between like silver and diamond, you know, to me, it is like, and this is a little bit of like personal bias. This last season, it took me 200 plus games to get to platinum. When every other season I've ever played, it took me 60 games or less to get there. I don't feel like I digressed that much as a player this year, but I noticed that rank was like terrible for everybody this year. One, I felt like Smurfs were out of control, and this kind of fixes the Smurf problem more than their Smurf cube bullshit that they wanted to try and implement. Because if you increase the LP gains, those people get out and past where they're supposed to be much faster. While, so say you win two games in a row, right? Right now, if you win two games in a row, you get like 14 LP. If you lose one, you're only up like 10 LP. If you lose two, now you're down a bunch, but you're actually 50-50 for the day because you lose more than you win, right? So for people that like don't realistically play a 1,000 games, the ranked grind seems like almost impossible for a lot of players. So I think, I think making the numbers look a little better would make people's mentality about ranked better. Whether it actually does anything or not, that's like to be debated. But I think the numbers can actually go a long way. I think that uh, I definitely so I agree with the aspect. I think that it should be easier to, at the very least, it should be easier to get back to what you were previous season. Given that there's going to be two splits now, and uh, I mean it's basically going to be like two little mini seasons in a year, you know. So. I mean, I just wonder how they're going to take that, I guess, fully into consideration. But I guess, like, uh, in my, like, I mean, this is just, like, strictly anecdotal. But, like, I, uh, so I agree with, like, what Bomo is saying. Because, like, uh, as far as, like, like, even on a unranked account, I feel like you can just, like, if you'll, you'll play and then pretty much to around your skill level is when you're, like, LP, it feels like your LP gains start like cutting off big time, as far as like, cause like at the beginning you're like even out of, uh, I guess like placements like, I mean you can get like, plus twenty five. I think the most you can get is plus twenty eight, uh, and then it's like when your MMR is that high it's like, plus twenty five and then minus like seven for a loss, or like minus ten for a loss. So I mean I feel like it should be like. Probably not, probably, I mean, that's like an extreme example, right? But, like, I guess what I mean is, like, the gains should be a little higher and the losses shouldn't feel as bad because, like you're saying, like, losses come a lot in League. Like, even for, like, very good players, like, 
you're gonna climb if you have a 53% win rate on like 200 games like you're climbing you know like 53% win rate in uh like you're climbing if you're if you've got that that kind of win rate and then that's like barely winning more than you're losing even then you know what I mean so I don't know I think especially for like I guess like for example, if you end like plat two or something, I did that. Yeah, I feel like it should be like how, roughly how many games does it take you to get back to like what were you the season before that, Eric? Um, I ended around. I think I ended. I ended plat three because I didn't play all that much rank the previous year. Yeah, it it took me a lot less time this season than the previous season, but that's mainly due to meta differences that how it interacted with my playstyle, my champion pool. But I definitely saw the uh, the Smurfs are were worse than usual, and the LP gains were worse than usual. I was just a lot more disciplined in playing only when I was in very good mental mm -hmm. and when I felt I was practiced enough and played. I played a lot more normals this year than I previously did. Uh, so I was really only playing when I was in peak condition as opposed to playing in, you know, 80, 70, 60 percent of the when you're at that, like a lot of people do. And, and sometimes I did as well. And I'm sure people do. So I don't think that my climb this year was normal, but I will say that last season, so season 10, so I guess season 11, season 10, I finished Diamond 3. I never got back to there at all because it took me 150, 200, it took me like 150 games to get above Plat 4. I was able to get into Plat quickly, but then right in Plat 4, I was just stuck in a lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one over and over and over again. And it was 15 each way. Um, even though my MMR was higher, like I would look on the MMR sites and it's not an exact science, but those were saying that they were higher than I was higher than, uh, plat four. So I was, you know, plat one ish, maybe plat two, depending on the day when looking at it and how I played recently. So yeah. Um, that's how long it sort of took me to get back. I feel like, like, I guess I say all that to say that, like, I feel like it should take, and like, this is like, obviously plus or minus, you know, 10 or 20 30 however many games but i feel like to get back to your previous rank it should take like no more than 200 250 like i don't know i think i think some of it i might get be i get what you're saying it's sorry uh, go ahead, go ahead they, they said that the the rank changes are gonna be pretty much based on mmr only not mmr and your uh visual visual rank right so i don't know why they even separate out in the first place but you have your mmr and then they have their weird um equation to give out your your visual rank that you see like gold plat silver and whatnot and they said that they're um removing the visual rank influence into the games so you have the right the the, the idea was you hit your specific rank goal um and then from there it's almost impossible to drop out unless you're a full division lower in the mmr right so say you're gold four it's almost impossible to drop out of gold four unless you have like a silver four mmr then you'll drop into silver one type of thing and i think that's what they're getting rid of um so i think if you want faster 
or higher LP gains, you have to also mitigate a lot of the the safety measures in place for your rank. If if you want to be able to climb at a at a decently quick pace, then the opposite has to be true. Is if you're on a pretty big losing streak, you have to lose a lot more than what you're currently losing. I I don't think you can have it go one way of gaining a lot of LP. Um, I think if you're going 50-50, you should be able to climb back to your original rank. But once you're at your original rank, a 50-50 win rate isn't going to cut it. But if you're not even at a 50% win rate, I think you should be dropping further down. Um, so I, I think that's, in, at least for me personally, I think that's the only way it can work if you want quicker LP gains. Is You also have the other side too. Is You should be losing a lot more meal to moat out of divisions quicker. Um, than what it's currently at. And I, I think mm -hmm. that's what they're implementing too because um, they have that rule change now where you don't have to be in gold to get the skin. You just have to hit gold or play a certain amount of games below gold to get the skin. So I think they're really trying to push a direction of just getting people to play more in general and then maybe just get the the number of ranked players in general up. Because I think the one issue is People hit their rank, they plateau, and they don't actually try to improve. They'll hop onto a smurf, and that's why I think smurf Q is kind of gotten out of hand where you, you have diamond-type players or even maybe master players who can't climb on their own, and so they, they want to play an easier game and have those one-sided stomps, which is bad for the other nine players who are playing. Because they said they're also getting rid of smurf Q. So maybe they found mm -hmm. a way to help accelerate these guys out of the, the lower elo that they're not supposed to be in. Um, but I just think if if you want faster gains to get back to where you previously were, you, you need to have the flip side too where if you just go on a five-game loss streak, you, you will drop a whole new division or something like that. Uh, but I do think if you're going 50% at least, you should be able to have enough LP gains where you're back to your normal... Um, rank, but it can't be like I would say maybe a hundred games at least with a fifty percent win rate can get you back to your rank. I know a lot of people can't play, but um, it should incentivize people who are wanting to play more games essentially. Um, but I just don't know what that number is. If if they have any data about what the average ranked games that each person plays, that might be a better idea of what's a good amount, but. I think in general they're just afraid of all the player bases just stop playing ranked once they hit their specific goal. Um, and I know that was a big issue for for them too is these silver players hit gold. They don't want to drop out of gold. So they just stop playing. And then that just hurts the entire ranked player base because you're losing all these people. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, – I agree with a lot of the points that have been brought up. I mean I'll – a lot of the things that have been said, I, I agree with. So I definitely agree that there's some frustration in climbing and, and I understand the resentment behind it. I was actually talking to my cousin about this earlier today and he thinks the whole algorithm system is totally broken. He thinks that there should not even be matchmaking. It would just be that you, like the, the old battle net system, you hop into a, a game and you could be paired with challengers. You could be paired with iron, just totally whatever. I'm not going to go that far, but I will say that um, oh, I think I might have frozen. Did I freeze? Oh, hold on one. You frozen second. for you guys? Like I froze. Okay. Oh, Eric, you froze. Again? Okay, hold on one second. Oh, you're back. 
Oh, oh no, oh no. Well, to continue the conversation, I guess I wasn't necessarily meaning like speed up climbs, oh, but I meant more like the wins feel better, the losses don't feel as bad. Because I feel like right now losses just feel so fucking terrible when it comes to like trying to climb. And the better they can make it to feel that you, when you get a win, the better I think the ranked environment will be as a whole. Sure. So uh, I, I killed my camera and opened my door, so hopefully I'll get better uh, bandwidth right now. I guess it must be but bad. Continue right. But in any case, um, all I was uh, going for was that, yeah, I totally understand the frustration of ranked. I think they should do a couple things. Like when you demote, don't put you at 75, put it at 100. So then your next win puts you back up. I think that would be a nice quality of life. I also think for your first win of the day, give you an extra five. You know, you already get blue essence or something. Give an extra few LP. That's not going to change the way that people grind, but I don't think that changing the numbers so that you're always getting more than you are when you're winning than losing uh, is going to make... Because then eventually, if you play enough games and you play enough 50-50, statistically, everyone will climb up. Or like a lot more people will climb above ranks where they really should, so then the ranks dilute for what they actually mean. Um, so, yeah, I, I get this wanting to climb up faster and not go down as hard or get back to your original rank or climb a little bit easier. There's different ways they go about it, but I, I like the idea of it in general of what you're going for. So, okay. Um, Fenrir, let's just go for your second while we're here. Okay. This one is, uh, <laughs> actually I was surprised the first one sparked that much debate. This one has more of me talking, but than I did in the first one. So uh, changes to heal cut and healing numbers. So the durability patch ended <clears throat> after heal cut was nerfed. More healing was being added through items. Drake being uh, tankier effectively increases your HP. Uh, I would like to add more heal cut items and make them more available through all the classes. And then increase full item grievous wounds percentage. So in like incentivizing finishing the item but keeping the single item Grievous Wounds low but not useless to like disincentivize just sitting on like Executioners or Oblivion Orb. Okay, John, what do you think? So, I mean, that was uh, partly one of mine uh, as far as like uh, um, like one thing I would want to see. Um, I mean, I definitely agree. I like overall. I just want to see uh, like more creative, like just items in general. And I guess by that I mean like uh, more like uh, items where you have to put more thought into like your team, what your team is buying, what the enemy team, like who's on the enemy team, what they're buying. So like for example, make uh, like I mean they started doing this like as far as like shield reduction items like i feel like that still needs to be more accessible to uh different classes like like for example and i mean that's like a very niche thing but i like in some circumstances like that would be like great to have on some characters like for example if they have like you know enemy team has three insane shield users and like as an ad carry it feels i feel like terrible to build serpent's fang so, I built it on like Recon the other day, <laughs> just just because we needed the shield reduction, and nobody on my team fitted the like could fit that into their build, the yeah, lethality. Like it just doesn't make any sense. So I built it. 
Yeah, and I like that they added Serpent's Fang. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I think that, like, that was an item that needs to be in the game. But I feel like they've made it such that uh, now it's, like, so bad that assassins don't build it. And, like, or it's just such so niche that they don't build it. And then no other, like, class other than Shadow Flame has really access to anything, like, specific to shields like that so i guess like like more uh creative items that can counter other stuff so it's like i feel like items like that feel very good to to build like and it just feels good in general like when you're uh like struggling with that you build the item and you're like can really feel the difference like in lane or when you're fighting someone and uh shadow flame as well has its own problem because it's it's too good for what it's doing as well. Because people build that all the time. I think, personally, it needs to be nerfed, not in its shield, not in what it's doing for shielding, maybe increase the power of that, but overall, the rest of the stats that it gives for the golden efficiency is, is too strong yeah. for what they're trying to do. Because, like you said, Serpent's Fang was kneecapped to being, to being niche, which is fine if there's more alternatives and you're using it when you need to, and there's uh, additional ways to get shield cut as well, but um, it's Shadow Flame. People build it all the time when there's no shields on the game. And not saying that they're building correctly, but that's totally fine because Shadow Flame is pretty gold efficient and it's good too. Yeah. I have an idea. Yeah, it, it does. And conversely, if there's a team that doesn't do they even if it's if it's physical damage but they're not attack speed based think Ezreal, Jin. you're not building frozen heart against those yeah. types of characters but generally uh you're not building it then or you shouldn't be building it because there's other things that should be in that spot if it's balanced correctly yeah um here's my thought on the i'll, I'll go to Bo. i'll turn to you in a second but here's my thought on an item that they could add maybe it's kind of crazy but um it could be ap ad whatever probably more of an ap item um or a tank item, if you deal damage, to, I mean, it offers offensive and defensive stats, whatever, with a unique passive that if you damage someone who has, who's currently experiencing a shield, then they burn for some true damage underneath the shield. So they still have the shield, but they're actually taking health damage underneath the shield. Don't know if they could code it that way because of some of the spaghetti code in the game, but what do we think of that sort of item? Am I ruminating on something too crazy? I, I, I kind of like that because then it's like, then even the 
enemy te- like user of the shield has to decide do I even shield my ally or not because then you wouldn't be like getting any benefit out of it you know because I feel like that just adds more like uh, strategy to it because then it's like well if I know they're about to get hit by that person that has that item that's gonna burn the true damage under the shield then I'm just gonna shield another carry that is about to like flank or something like that so I mean I just like always like stuff like that where it encourages like more uh like potential outplay or like uh like strategy like just strategy to it i guess sure bomo why don't you give your thoughts on this uh i think as kind of you guys are all saying i think it'd be good to have more types of items um for healing and shield cut in general um sorry heal cut and shielding because i think right now it's i don't i don't know about you guys but as a mid laner it feels really bad to buy heal cut in general um so if they can have like i, I don't even know like i want to say you'll have more like universal items but then that would be way too broken i feel like and so i don't know the right balance uh yeah, I, I actually don't I, don't. I don't. I don't have a good answer for this at all. I don't think. I just don't really know what you would do. It seems like healing should be unique to certain champions and be kind of strong because that's their kit. But if it if everyone is healing, that's kind of an issue too. You know, um, like I understand Soraka, um, Yumi, Aatrox, and those champions, um, but they're not. They have healing built into their kits, and that kind of makes them the champ itself. But there's the other healing on top of just their kit healing, which I think makes it feel pretty busted. You have Omnivamp and a lot of items that give healing too, and I don't think that in itself is good for the game. But at the same time, I I think there's no other types of passives or different things you can implement into the game that aren't healing based almost. So I, I just don't have a good, any good response for it, I think. So I actually like finished my, in my text to myself, I finished it with the true answer to healing is actually just removing it and turning everybody that heals into shielders and turning all healing into shielding because Shielding is much more skill-based than healing is because you have to shield preemptively, not reactively. But that's like a League of Legends 2 thing. You'll never be able to remove healing completely. Logistically, it's just not possible. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I agree. Like, but it's the right answer. So, like. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think it, it's like... A, Healing is also, like you said, it's just been so, like, uh, it's become, like, very intertwined with, like, kind of as a, like, almost, like, core thing in the game, you know? Like, it's very prominent. Like, and like you said, they have toned down in terms of, like, runes. Like, Ravenous Hunter used to be insane. Like, you would just, like, everyone just defaults to it because it's so good, you know? And I I like that they changed that. Um, But, yeah, I definitely think that making... Lifesteal just less accessible would not be a bad thing. Like, 
and I guess in general, like one of the things I want to see is just like a similar to you, uh, it's just like a healing, like and a healing reduction overhaul, like similar to like the durability, but like for healing and healing reduction, because like I feel like the current iteration just feels very frustrating, both for like like for champions that like Aatrox and and like that that healing is, like, a very core part of their kit, like, yeah, like, they should definitely heal, but, like, you know, when you have people who are, like, like, when Zed was buying Ravenous Hydra when it was just absurd, like, that's just, like, clearly not okay, you know what I mean, but, yeah, I, I don't know, I think it would not even be a bad thing to make, somehow incentivize, uh, like, um, people who, like, use Lifesteal to build, pretty much only build those items, I guess, you know, or, I like, make it, I guess, like, the benefit not as great for, but, yeah, that's going into, I guess, like, deeper, deeper mechanics and stuff, but, I don't know, I just think that, all I know is it just, the current iteration doesn't feel great, like, as a ch that champion who heals a bunch, and, like, for the people who play against it, I think both sides can feel bad, really bad sometimes. And then, you know, it feels super OP sometimes as well. Um, but I don't know. I That's, like, one big thing I would love to see is just, like, a big overhaul of that. Just to take another big look at it. Uh, and I guess where it fits systemically into the game. And make it more... Uh, I guess, like, make it, uh, just have more, like, overall balance, I guess, like, in terms of healing, like, make healing, like, more, uh, slightly more niche, I guess. So, uh, unrelated to League, but there's a, there's a game, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it, it's called Divinity Original Sin, so Divinity 2 Original Sin, I've played that with my cousin, and so, this is, it's a third-person RP, uh, it's not even third-person, it's top-down RPG with uh, your controlling characters and turn-based combat and such. So it's very different than League. But there's a... Why I bring it up is because we're talking about healing and it made me think about it. There's a character or a class of characters where you can be an undead. And if someone... You know, you have allies and such. But if your allies that you control use healing on non-undeads, so you don't want anyone else, it heals them. If you use it on undead, it causes additional damage to them because... It takes, you know, instead of 400 healing, they take 400 damage because they're a different class. So maybe uh, they're... And then there's also things like if you were... To, but if you poison them, then they heal. So a way you could potentially change some healing that would introduce some skill, or maybe it would just be really frustrating, is have some item that would change... You know, you could use an active on someone, maybe like a, a Deathfire Grasp, thing, you know, it just flies at them. And so for the next, like, three seconds, any healing they get actually gets returned to themselves in damage. They don't actually heal. Uh, so then they're act they're unable to heal for three seconds. A healing immunity, if you will, that's in multiple different types of games. Maybe they could do something with that. That might be too screwy. It might be too strong, depending on how it's implemented. But they could go that sort of route. I just talked about that. Um, I played a lot of Warcraft 3 uh, growing up, and the healing in that game is uh, based off of being out of combat. So you heal, but if you take damage of any sort, all that healing is stopped immediately. 
So I'm wondering if there's something similar that Riot could implement in terms of Enchanters heal more if the person hasn't taken damage for the last like two, three seconds or something like that. So you want to be in and out of combat, not just face tanking everything and healing through all of it. Um, and if they are in combat, the healing is reduced slightly instead of the full heal amount. And I know that's probably really tough to code in terms of what you consider in combat or taking damage, but um, it, as you guys are saying, it feels pretty bad if if someone's just about to die, but they get a triumph proc and they just heal everything back up and like mainly looking at Aatrox. But uh, if there's a way, yeah, Swain, Swain. But if there's a way you can mitigate all of the the enchanter healing to be more um, stronger but they can't be in combat. Maybe that's slightly better than just healing up mid-fight. Um, but I don't even know how you go about balancing that. But it seems like maybe that's sort of the way to go. The frustration the frustration itself comes from you're trying to lock down this specific champion and kill them, and all of a sudden they get a burst of healing, and that healing is enough for them to just kill one person. And just It's like this cascading effect where it just takes that one person to die. And it's all over, um, and they just heal everything back up and kill and like wipe you when it could have been the other way around. So I'm wondering if you reduce the amount of healing for in combat, and then you actually have more healing um, if they're out of combat. So it allows them to leave combat um, and then come back in later in the fight when they're healed up a little bit more. I like that idea. Maybe yeah. So it could be that, or uh, they could they do something similar with gray health. So maybe then enchanters would give you know your generic character gray health that would transform into yeah, health. Yeah, I think a few I think seconds. that would probably be the best way to do it. Is you heal them, but it's for a really really small amount, and the rest is gray health. In order to actually get that healing, you can't be face taking all the damage you or CC. You have to actually leave combat, get that gray health to give you your HP back, and then come back in. I think maybe that's. A, a better way to have healing that isn't so frustrating because there's actual real counterplay to healing instead of just buying heal cut that doesn't really do much. Yeah, I can. I'm just thinking of a Swain game I played in ARAM where I was legitimately one v fiving the whole team and they could not get my health down. I was, I mean, it was full build at that point, but I had, uh, and they were mostly AD damage, but I had Spirit Visage and Rift Maker, and I was just pulling in the souls pretty often, and they could not kill me. Like, they just, they get, get my, ha my health maybe down to like half health, but at some point, they don't have anything else to throw at me, and then you just heal back up because you're swaying. Like, that shouldn't be possible. And I wasn't that much more fed than they were because this was like end game ARAM stage. Everyone had items. So it's not that I was way super far ahead because it's a different story. But yeah, if something like that is possible, granted Swain is a healer in eight. So I get, we all get it, but that shouldn't be possible. Um, and the same thing goes for shielding. There's, there's so many shield things as well. So that was a good point to bring yeah, up. The John. thing that really frustrates me, like you were saying, like, I think Boma, like the, uh, I guess like out of combat thing would be like, something cool and like worthwhile to look at because like the thing that i just like just hate the most is like when someone like just misuses all their abilities gets hit by every single enemy spell and then they're about to die and then they just get healed for like half their hp back instantly by either their own ability or like a soraka heal or something like that and it's like huh like, I don't know, man, like, if you, I don't know, and obviously that's, like, a very specific example, but, like, I don't know, I feel like I, that's pretty common that I see, like, 
someone will just get hit by like like a full spell rotation by like three people on my team like get down to like 10% HP and then just heal back for like to like 60% HP and I'm like what there's more champions than we'd like to even start to think about that have large healing abilities. Yeah. The two that come to mind that are not that we haven't talked about are Nunu with his Warwick. chomp, and then Ka Karma with the empowered W. Yeah, Warwick Q. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That feels really bad. I will say, like, especially when it's like they really are just like misplaying very hard. And yeah. had they not had like insane healing, like they just die. Yeah, it feels a lot better to play against if it's regen as well. Think of Garen and Set, where they get a lot of healing throughout the game, but it's incremental regen that can be stopped by damaging yeah, it's them conditional. or something yeah, like that. Cause it, yeah, you just have to be out of combat. Because like, I guess for like, for example, like with Mobius, like they do that. At, like Mobius doesn't kick in until you get you know technically out of combat move speed, which is like what? How many seconds? Like what five or six it's five out yeah. of combat for that out of combat for other things can be down as low as three or four but five for movies yeah so i feel like that would be definitely something like cool to look at and like i feel like that would like that makes a lot of sense like because then i mean if in that case like i mean if you get extra healing or shielding like out of combat then like i mean fights could potentially be like more skillful and like just be longer in general like you know it just adds more, I think, counterplay and like skillful play into the, the game. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we've uh, drilled this into the ground enough. We want changes to healing and shielding. So, John, what else do you have? What's your second one here, buddy? I guess like the other one I would like to see is uh, so like. I mean, I know they're partially going to do this in the uh, like the first patch, but. I guess, like, uh, just changing, like, some of the tank items, some of the tank, like, champions, uh, I don't know. Like, I just, like, for example, like, Mundo, I feel like just feels terrible to play against, just in general. Uh, Zack feels really bad to play against, I feel like, just, and I know they're nerfing, like, Jack Show and stuff, but I don't know. I think Hard Steel is still, like, just insane, like... It's over a hundred percent gold efficient without the passive. It's the passive is really good on good bit of champions. Like feels really bad to play against. Like they did buff LDR, but uh, I don't know. Even when you build LDR, like it feels terrible to play against sometimes. Like when someone has like it just feels like this is the first time I'm ever seeing people that have like literally seven thousand HP at like you know, a pretty, uh, just, a pretty early time, I guess, like, relative to when I've played in the last, like, two seasons, like. The only champion that's supposed to be able to get that much is Cho'Gath, or Scion really, really, really late, yeah. but Cho mostly. I mean, I've seen, like, Zach just always have, like, six, over 6,000 health by, like, 20 minutes. I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's just insane, and they have so many, uh, steel stacks. I think that Heart Steel needs to be changed for like jungle specifically too. Uh, like I don't know. I would just like to see some some changes to those items because they just feel like the the stats are also just like too good. Like like it, several like they just give you just everything. Like 
like Jack Joe, I know they're changing it, but uh, I mean, it's just like even if the passive didn't exist, like the the item is still like really good. It gives you like just dips into literally every defensive stat, and it gives you health. So I don't know. I like I just don't like when it's like every tank default builds this these two items, and I guess like. That's to say, like, I would like to see, like, a change specifically to Demonic Embrace, because I think that item has, like, been really good for a long time, and, like, I don't know. I think that there's, like, lots of champions rush it because of how good it is, and I think that's, like, uh, I don't know, like, it should, I feel like that should be, like, a somewhat niche item, and it definitely is not. Like, it's just kind of like a insta-buy for lots of AP champions. And the passive on it, I feel like, is really, really just so good on... It's too good on some people. Like, like sure. I, it, I just think it's my opinion that it should be specifically changed how it interacts with, like, Zach especially. Because, like, he... I mean, I who gets more benefit from that item than him? Like, he just goes hard steal gets a million AP as well. Like, that's how he's, like, just one-shotting your whole team with a RWE, you know? I just, I don't know. Like, they shouldn't, I think the access to raw AP from other, just health should, like, not be, like, as prevalent as it is. Like, defensive stats giving you a lot of either AD in the case of Mundo or AP in the case of Zach, I think is problematic. Because then you get you that get into sense. the... Then it's like, what's the con to playing the champion? Like, you just dip into, like, the champion is unkillable and then just does so much damage. So, like, <laughs> you know, you build literally two items and you can't do anything to them. So you have to beat them before, yeah. and, like, that feels bad when that's literally your only option is to, like kill them before they can get to that point when I guess like in a game like that situation might not like arise like you, may, you might not get an opportunity to like I might not be able to kill a Zach in his own jungle pre 10 minutes because I have zero priority you know like I can't change that so it feels like bad that that seems like kind of the only counterplay to it is to just, like, get them super behind, but, like, that's just very situational, you know? You can't always do that. So, I don't know. That's, like, one thing for me that I would really like to see. Just, like, uh, not be able to get as much offensive stats from just building strictly defensive. Sure. So, uh, Fenrir, what do you think about all that? I uh, 100% agree. I think it's kind of, I mean, like, how many seasons ago did they get rid of Atma's Impaler because it was problematic? Season two. Yeah, and we're just right back fucking to it. It's, I don't know, Riot, like, make, Riot's a great company, and they make, like, really good decisions, but then they just, like, make these such boneheaded choices that you just, like, question how they're worth so much money sometimes. And... I was talking to somebody about it. I don't remember. I think I was. Oh, I was talking to Arkryu from uh, Trinity Force. No, uh, not Trinity Force. Uh, Four Wards, maybe. No, he's on uh, LCS Rundown. Anyway, he's uh, on Four Wards. 
Is he on forwards? Yeah. That's what I thought. So he was telling me, like, because there was one night I was really pissed off about basically this concept that we're talking about, that tanks do way too much damage. And he was, like, basically saying that Riot does this every year where they fuck up the preseason, but then they, like, get it right some point in the season. This is going to be difficult to fix. Because, like, we had the durability patch. It made things tankier. Then you make things more tanky, but only some things. But those some things also do an insane amount of damage. So there's like three different things that they need to fix. And me personally, I really don't know what the answer is. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Because then it's like, then you also have like even more like niche examples like Mundo or like Zack, where that's like literally part of their kit. You know, yeah. like the passive on Mundo's E just straight up gives him ad for his percent bonus health yep. which is just like that's wild to me <laughs> like he's like a scaling like champ like tank champion like health yeah and champion. i and i don't have a problem with champions like being big old meatballs like that's what i enjoy playing in any game that i've ever played that's what i enjoy playing Agreed. i enjoy standing in the front and just taking as much damage as i humanly possibly can okay but where the problem lies is when those champions start doing damage when the front line is A, unkillable, and they can kill you, that's when the game has reached a point to where serious changes need to be made. Yeah. And, like, I guess, like, going back to, like, my example of, like, I just hate, like, when a, someone, like, misses literally every ability and then hits, like, a point and click and then just one-taps you. Like, like I'll dodge Zach E, I'll dodge his Q, and he literally just R-flashes me pushes w and it just still does like a thousand damage and i'm like oh okay yeah I, lots of stuff i could have done there but like good thing you played <laughs> jinx this game yeah yeah you know. exactly good thing i'm playing a uh a hyperscaling carry and i'm super behind <laughs> and like to but, that uh, point it, it it just like erases a class of champions the hyperscaling you know like dps dealers feel kind of useless right now even though they're in a good spot Technically speaking, the items are good. It's just the, they have 1,500 health, and they're killing something that has 6,000 health. But they can still kill that person very easily that has the 1,500 health. Yeah, well, yeah. And then yeah. also when you have, like, the issue of, like, in the case of Zach, where you have, like, absurd gap close as well. Yeah. It's, like, literally from a screen and a half, you can just one-tap a carry. <laughs> I mean, just imagine if AD carries didn't have Gale Force right now. How just terrible Gale, or how terrible ADC would feel to play. Yeah, I mean, you get punished this so is, hard. T- to me, this right around now is the strongest that I've ever thought that peeling for your ADC ever is. I don't think I've ever seen a time when peeling for your ADC was as crucial as it is. Of course, it's always been important, right? Peel for your carries. That makes sense if you're not the carry. But it feels like this is as strong as it ever, or as necessary, I guess. Because the two meatballs can maybe take each other down, but that'll take forever. Uh, Or you can have a vein or a Kog'Maw hit them for about five or six seconds and they'll be dead. But they, you have to stop them from getting onto them. And if you're going to be able to chew through these meatballs, you're not buying Gale Force. You're buying Kraken Slayer. And that's just the way that maybe Shield Bow or something, but not really. You're buying Kraken Slayer to get through them, or you're buying Leandries and 
procking lots of quick little spells on them, such as, you know, if you're playing a Lilia or if you're playing, I don't even know, like not many AP champions can even get through these these tanks at all. You kind of just need another big tank. An AP Shaco can do some stuff, but not that much to it, like I've been playing. Or, you know, traditional caster's mid can't do much. You could do Bruiser Diana, that could get through it, but then that's another problem of, another case of where these items uh, shouldn't be giving stats to those that they're not intended for. So, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. As someone who plays tanks, I don't hate it as much because I'm benefiting from this chaos. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it is too strong. What's happening? Like the very like specific thing that I've heard like just so many times <laughs> in the last like two weeks. Like even myself, like I'll just like run into a Doctor Mundo, and he'll have two items, and I mean he'll miss like three cleavers in a row. He's just running around, getting hit. Doesn't hit me, like, once for five seconds. Hits me with an E-Auto, and it does, like, 800 and something damage. And I'm like, like, it actually just, like, does half my health almost. And I'm like, what? I mean, I like, so many people I've just, like, heard of just getting, like, like, an E-Auto from that champion should not be doing that much damage. Like, it's just a little bit insane. No. But... No, I mean, I agree that, like, uh, I think tank items needed a change for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I think they just need to tone it back a little bit. Maybe take a bigger yep. look at some of those, like, more specific cases, like Zack, Mundo, stuff like that, that are just, like, I mean, they're not only benefiting from the strength of the item, but, like, their kits just straight up, like, they could not be a more perfect environment for their kits to exist yeah probably direct nerf some of those like they did to amumu last preseason when he was running around with a 60 percent win rate at some points so we'll see about that bomo do you have any thoughts on this before we move on to yours mm, not that i haven't already said Okay, so I'll take it that you implicitly agreed with everything yeah. that we said. Got to, glad to hear it. So, uh, what was your first uh, first wish list? Uh, that solo queue is actually solo queue, and there's no more duo queue. Um, solo queue is one person queuing up for a roll, and flex is two, three, five. I want to do the one and four, but I know there's issues with like the hostage situation with one and four, but um, I think solo queue should only be a single person queuing up for the game. And if you want to play with friends, just play flex. Uh, honestly, I would love to do, see that. Like, I think that would also fix a lot of the problems of like having to, of I guess like Riot deciding how to like, if you have someone who's much higher, you know, like MMR than you playing duoing with you, like that in the current iteration, like that affects you know the enemy team as well. So. I mean that I feel like that also just makes things much simpler for them in terms of fixing like uh like to that end I think it would help uh, also just like a smurf queue and then b like uh, just like with gains in general cuz then it's like I feel like sometimes that's also like an obstacle for people like wanting to play ranked cuz they're like oh my duo is not on I know I'm not going to play ranked you know i think ranked solo queue especially like you were saying it's called solo queue like like it should like it should only be about how good are you you know what i mean and like you trying to improve it ranked not like how good you are when you duo with someone else you know yeah i 
Fenner, what do you think? Oh, I've been begging for this for a long time as somebody that plays in a duo lane for the entire League of Legends existence. When you are not a duo into a duo lane, that lane becomes, I won't say unwinnable because every game is winnable, but the chances of you beating a team or a duo in bot lane that is able to talk to each other and like plays with each other compared to you playing with somebody that you've never fucking played with before is very difficult. And like conveying conveying things bot lane through pings, people say that you can do it, but in our elo, a lot of people don't understand what the other player wants to do a lot of the time. And so it's just, it is a very unfair advantage, I'll say, in the yeah, bot lane in particular. Yeah, I definitely agree. And then also, like you're saying, like, yeah, you can, like, ping and, like, you know, but how that person, like, interprets what that means, like, you have no idea. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you could be pinging something and that could mean totally something different to them, no matter what you do, like, or what type of ping you do. So, and I mean, I guess that's, like, I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Like, it feels so bad to play against a duo bot lane when you're not a duo and on comms um i mean it just makes it that much like tougher honestly but yeah i don't know that's like i, I mean i think that like you're saying that would remove that problem also like because that definitely, and it, uh, it's not just a bot lane thing it's you can move it around mid jungle being duo yep. when your mid jungle is not duo that that causes almost more problems than when bot lanes aren't duos because mid jungle can cause way more havoc than a bot lane can, you know? Yeah. I like jungle or, support is too, really good too, I think. That's my favorite way to climb. If I'm ever doing, I want to play jungle support personally. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't like doing it with my bot laner because to me, it feels like a waste of a player that I have trust in, you know? Like you're doing with that person, you have trust in them. Why would you both want to be in the same lane? But, I mean, that's yeah. different. Like, I mean, that's like, uh, and I mean, uh, you and I have talked about this, but like, that's like my favorite thing is like when I've got like a engaged support, like a Nautilus or like yeah. a Leon or like a Thresh that like sees me uh, like basing, drag's about to come up. They like base, get a full set of wards. They run down with me, get the scuttle. Then we just like get some vision together. And then they just like, I mean, that's like, Doing stuff like that isn't, like, sexy, I guess, in, like, League of Legends, but it's, like, it's so impactful to do stuff like that, like, as a support, especially, like, and, uh, I guess on the receiving end, like, when you're as the jungle, like, allied jungler, like, it, you're, like, it just feels so good, you know, like, that's such a impactful play, um, just even letting them base, get a full set of wards, and then go back on the map together to make a play. Like, that, uh, I mean, it's really, it's so, uh, big on pressure as well. But, yeah, I mean, I think that making it solo queue, just strictly solo queue, and then, like you were saying, Bomo, have, like, everything else be flex. But, yeah, I don't know. Is flex queue even, like, popular enough, though, to, like, is that hostage situation like that bad realistically, I guess? Like how many times does that actually happen? But 
I don't know. I, I don't think it's. I don't think the hostage thing is out of because it happens in normals or anything. It's more out of a preventative space because they're so harsh on people leaving. They don't even want to allow that opportunity to, to take forth. And you know, like there's the footage you can watch of that one game that on the OST server that was like six hours long because there were two or three people on each team that were. Uh, they were playing like infinitely scaling champions. There was a Nasus, there was a Vigor, there was, I don't know, like two other ones as well. And they, maybe a Zed back then when he infinitely scaled with passive AD on kills and they just stalled out a game forever and kept six people or four people hostage or whatever. And, um, shit like that shouldn't happen. So I don't think it's something that would happen very often, but don't even allow it to happen is more of the hostage thing. Um, but Bomo, you were going to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say, I don't really know how often it happens um, where what the single person gets singled out, but I think just for the sake of it, it might be... I know people like to use flex as like a practice cue, but I think flex should never be a- allowed to have a solo player. It's a You're queuing up with friends, so I think it should be two, three, or five, and it should never allow a single person to queue up in flex. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, I like to play a lot of flex when I'm with playing with, when I'm playing with any, anyone really. Um, but the queue times are pretty bad. And so I, I think if you shift some of the duo queue players into flex, it might bring down the, the queue time too. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think it should also not allow a single person to enter up. If you want to play ranked and you're by yourself, play some solo queue. Um, and I know there's an argument for like trying out different champions and getting better in flex first, but I think that's just something like a, a bolt you'll have to bite um, in order to, I guess, improve both sets of cues because I think that will benefit solo queue and flex queue because I think both would be at a healthier state if you just only allow one person into solo queue and two, three, and fives into flex. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I agree as well. I guess, you know, for the sake of being the devil's advocate, but I also, I kind of like duoing in some way. So I think if you remove duo queue, you have to still allow single people to go into flex. Like, yes, it would improve the, the, the integrity of the queue a little bit, but it wouldn't help queue times all that much as someone who, you know, let's say I'm, I'm in a good mental space, but I'm a bit rusty because I was on vacation or I haven't played much league lately. Um, or I've been trying out a new role and or something like that, whatever. Um, I don't want to play normals because of, you know, sometimes people don't want to play normals. Some people, t- some people think it's a waste of time once you reach level 30. Uh, then playing flex can be a good, it's not even, I, people, I don't see many people that treat flex as like a total sandbox, like normals is. Like if someone's trying out a weird build, like I saw a straight lethality Nasus the other day and it was <laughs> terrible for a while and then it worked. Or, it did not work. Uh, <laughs> it, it worked because I because the rest of us did our jobs, but he got kills and then he flamed us. Whatever. Uh, but you know, doing stuff like that, playing AP support Jarvan. There's a lot of people that think that that's utter trash and they're wrong. But uh, you know, seeing that in a game, if you don't haven't seen it before, I could understand someone wanting to dodge or something. And so that's where normals is that sandbox. And but if you want to. I, I don't know. I like the idea of going into flex solo sometimes. I do that to get a little less rusty and take it a little more seriously. Um, but I kind of like doing... I do think that 
duos, you should never have a team that has one duo and the other team doesn't. I think they've done away with that. But I also think specifically for duos, if there's ever a duo, it should be mirrored in the roles. So if there's ever a duo bot lane, the other team, you have to match against a duo bot lane. If there's going to be a mid-jungle duo, that has to be mirrored. Then you're actually in, you know, duo and comms parity. And that would uh, that would improve some of the fairness of it for sure. Because I, I definitely, I mean, everyone knows if you're playing in a, if you're playing in a duo mismatch or a duo deficit, it's not, it's a, it's a clear deficit for the roles in general. So, um, at least some quality life changes. But if they were to ban it outright and change these cues, I'm not all that opposed. I don't duo all that much when I'm playing with people. I play norms or I play flax or something. It's not. I'm not going to be all that bothered. I don't know that many people that would. The only people that would have been bothered historically would have been high elo content creators, but they've already er erased that from the game. So since that's the case, go ahead and remove duo queue or enable it all the way up to the top is what I would say. But um, yeah, I I don't have any strong feelings. So um, but uh, yeah, so for the sake of time, since we're already an hour and a half in, Bomo, what's your second one? Uh, it's actually pretty similar to uh, Fenrir's first point, but I think uh, with the changes to promotions, so if if you guys haven't heard, uh, your promotion series is now only best of three um, uh, to climb up. And so I want, <laughs> I want demotion series. So if you're within two yes. uh, MMR under your... So if you're a gold two MMR in a plat four elo, then you enter your demotion series, and if you lose the demotion series, get demoted to gold one. Um, but if you survive, then you can stay in platinum. I think having a little bit more fluidity in the ranks might help with the LP gains too, because um, I think that's an, another issue where I kind of mentioned before you could be gold four with a silver three MMR, and you need to win a buttload of games just to get the MMR back up. But if you're silver two and with a silver three MMR, then you'll get more LP even though you're a lower rank. But you you should be able to climb quicker because of the LP gains because you're more close to the actual MMR with your visible rank. Um, so yeah, I just want a little bit more uh, easeability to move between divisions, um, make it easier to demote, make it easier to promote. I think is good for the game, especially if it's all based on MMR. Um, and ensure that the rewards are based on peak performance instead of the season end performance. And I think that will alleviate a lot of the the weird rank, like, uh, what is it, they elo sitting, where you just kind of, like, play one game a day so you don't rank out or decay and stuff like that. I think it'll be healthier for the game with people playing yeah. constantly and not having to worry about, oh, I'm going to lose my X rank, um, and it should keep... It should show your your highest achieved rank instead of your current rank rank almost for a lot of the the outer profile or whatever you want um, out of those specific rewards. Yeah, and I I, I agree, and I also think that it, like making it more fluid, like you were saying, I think will do good things to make it so that uh, like yeah, like people don't get like from silver one to like gold four, for example, and then the like I don't know, it'll make them more realize that like someone in gold three is not really that much different like if someone is actually like by skill level gold three they're not that much different than someone who's gold four skill level like realistically and i feel like it'll um 
I don't know, just, like, take away some of the anxiety about that, because I definitely think that's, like, a thing for, uh, for some people, where it's, like, um, I guess, like, you, you call it, like, ELO sitting, where, like, you just kind of chill there, um, but, yeah, I don't know, I think that that would definitely be a good thing, to make it more fluid, not, like, uh, I think that would do good things to make it also where it's not like people are like trying to get to gold four for the rewards and they just stop. Cause I mean, I think that only having it like it is only, you know, bolstered that idea, but no, I, I definitely agree. I think that would be a good thing. Cause then it would help to, I guess, uh, and then like, I mean, it's the same thing as like, you know, the difference between someone who's like a high, you know, gold one player in actuality versus a gold platform player. Like that's not a huge difference in reality. And it's not like you get to that level and then it's like you just start, like suddenly unlock this like you know insane like skill tree that you're like An oh ultra my gosh instinct. now I'm a platform player <laughs> like I can like do it like you know it's not like that I, I feel like for me like one of the biggest like uh, like positive realizations is like that like realistically like your level of play is like very like dynamic and fluid you know like. You know, one day you might be playing, like, insanely well, and you're just playing way above your skill level. Another day you're just, like, playing bad and not feeling it, you know? Like, stuff like that changes all the time. And I guess not being too, uh, like, not overly mindful of it and just, like, putting too much thought into it, I think that would help to to fix that. I, uh... I don't have much to say on this. I 100% agree. I 200% agree with this idea. Demotion series gets three thumbs up from me. I'm going to grow a third arm in order to give it an additional thumbs up. <laughs> what do you guys think of the three game instead of the five game? I kind of like it. I, uh, I'm fine with that. I think it's cool. Uh, I'm fine with that. But I would say I still prefer five. I would say demotion should be three. Um, and then promotion should be five, but I want the promotion series within tiers still. I, I actually want that to come back, which I think is an unpopular opinion, but I liked it where you needed those. But I think demotion series, always three, uh, except, you know, demoting out of an entire division, an entire rank down from, you know, gold to silver or something should be five, but just, just mirror the length of those. I like demotion and promotion series as, as well. I think it's pretty interesting. To see. I think we'll have to see how it plays, but I think my overall reaction, three is better. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of issues with ranked anxiety in general, which leads to people just playing less once they get their rank goal. So I think making it a little quicker to get there makes them realize that it's just a game of League of Legends at the end of the day, and you can, you can keep playing ranked. You don't have to stop playing. Um, and I think also it might help with needing fewer games to actually get to where you want to go. Um, and so it make the initial climb faster as well. I am curious how the, uh, if you're below platinum and you apply or you get into promotions, if you were recently just in one, um, you get a free win in that best of five. So I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know if that's going to inflate a lot of people's like, um, ranks because if they get that free win or how that's going to work but that could be a potential issue um i don't know the actual limits of the free win can you get you get matt in the current promotion series i think if you qualified 
second time, then you would get two wins automatically, I think. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, but that could I could see being an issue if you get a free win. You only need one game for a promotion game to get promoted. Um, and you could just have like a lucky two-game streak. Um, and then so it would feel bad if you lose the whole bunch after that and demote it again. But yeah, I think it, I think three overall is the right move. I, I would I mean, rather I, see more. Like personally. best of seven, more. Yeah. Huh, that could be interesting. Because too. I like that. To me, so I don't know the reasoning what like what their reasoning for it was, but to me, three takes away the skill in it and adds more randomness because you have less like now you can only have two or one unlucky game before you're basically done with your series right because if you lose two you're out you have to start over and the five you could lose two and you can still come back so i think the more that you have actually the more proper it pushes people to the positions that they're supposed to be in it takes away the randomness additionally and that would even help more if uh, this would be better as well if after you lose a promotion series, you're still at 100. So you need one win to qualify back into the whole thing. At three, you lose, you know, you lose uh, one game. You go one and one as games often do because people with, as John said earlier, 53% win rate is really good to have in over a long ranked season. So you lose one and one and then you have a fluke game where someone decides to troll or whatever. Boom, you need you're back to seventy five, then you need two to three wins to even qualify for it again. Like there uh I, I that's my that's one of my biggest gripes about Yeah, rank, me too. So. I t- I like I that I feel like to everybody, it just feels bad. Like, cause it's never and it's all especially when you get to a point where you're more at your like uh what the like your MMR is and your gains kinda like level out more, then it feels even worse because then it's like that's not one win. <laughs> Twenty five LP is like at the very minimum two, two, two to, three. to three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. that's just like I don't know. Like if it doesn't, uh, I don't know. At the very least, yeah, I think it should be a hundred. At the very least, it should be like ninety or something. Like I don't know. I think, I think it think should be thing, one like, game of whatever your LP is. So if you're getting twelve, you should go back to eighty eight. Yeah, if you're getting ten, you should go back to ninety. It should guarantee one game gets you back in because, like you said, 25 is not one. <laughs> yeah, Especially, also, like, it's like three, you know? Yeah. So then you get into, like, this downward spiral where you fall three divisions because you're doing that 50-50 again, you know? Yep. And statistically, I remember in a dev diary, I'm pretty sure that through, like, the Insights team, I'm pretty sure that after someone loses one, they're more like, in the same session, they're more likely to, like, their win rate drops to, you know, 45 or even lower percent after they lose one game in their ranked, you know, usually you're going to go, you're going to streak, like, two to three wins or two to three losses. You're not going to go one, 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 one. Or you might go one and one, but if you play more than two, you're going to, it's either going to be good or bad. So... Uh, the likelihood that you just lost your promotion series that you're going to win to get back into it, pretty unlikely in that same day. All you got to do is go to the uh, the church of three block and you'll be all set. <laughs> yeah, I kind of ended up playing that not because I, not because I'm following any philosophies that it, those preach, but just because of time and 
you know, mental that I don't really want to do that. And most of the time when I'm playing League nowadays, it's in a community function, so I'm not playing all that much ranked. But uh, yeah, I didn't play all that much more just because there's other games that I yeah. want to play. And like right now, uh, after we're done, I'm probably going to edit the op- episode. I got to clean some dishes or something. Then I want to finish Stray. Like, I'm, oof, I want to play that. I had a but, friend who really um, enjoyed that game, too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, any last thoughts on the Demotion series or no? I don't think so. No. Okay, cool. So, uh, this has been a pretty long episode, so I'd say let's just wrap it up here. Next week, we'll be covering the preseason, or the, I guess, not preseason, the first patch of the season and the changes in more depth. So, look forward to that. Um, yeah, but thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We have community game nights on Tuesdays at 7.15 Eastern as well. Please hop in and join us. Those are a great time. We You can check out our Patreon to look at uh, a bunch of different tiers we offer coaching we offer a whole slew of different stuff and i know that we've had a couple of coaching sessions recently or at least um, trying to schedule our interest in those recently so those are going up which is great um if you have any feedback for us please send any questions to questions at trinityforcepodcast.com or leave us feedback in the feedback thread in our uh, official discord which can also be found on the website at trinityforcepodcast.com but other than that thanks for hanging out with us and you know listen to us while you're driving or working or uh you know at the gym or laying down and listening to it or for those watching on youtube thanks for checking out uh, all of our artificial backgrounds and sorry i had to turn off my camera for bandwidth so yeah but other than that thanks for hanging out and have a rest of your day go chiefs thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the trinity force network community if you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found in Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of our podcasts, videos, and the community that we've provided. 